What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Stephen Zantz, joined by my co-host, Stephen Russo. Stephen, that was as bad of a feeling as I've had on a Sunday in quite some time because this team is good and they blew another opportunity. How are you feeling, bud? Yeah, not great after this one. Um, at least just got the news that uh, the Patriots lost, so the Raiders actually came through for us. Unfortunately, the Chargers were able to pull one out, though. But uh, either way, you really feel like um, – the Jets let this one slip through their fingers where this game was there for the taking. It was there to be had. Um, you just kind of felt like they weren't going to do it throughout the whole thing. And even after they got that lead 17, 13, it, it just, it didn't feel right all game for some reason, you know, even when you look at the stat line and what Zach Wilson did um, I don't think that tells the full picture. However, I think this team is good and I think they're, you know, they're right there and they're on the cusp. But uh, when you let games like this slip through your fingers more often than not, and that's kind of what we've seen, you know, the last few weeks uh, as the Jets, you know, were seven and four and now dropped to seven and seven. That's just really the narrative and that's telling the story. Um, it's frustrating, uh, really, because you felt like they were the better team. Um, I think that they really had a shot to beat Detroit here and, and, and take control of their own destiny. However, uh, you know, they let it go and, uh, you know, some, some bad quarterbacking in the middle part of the game, some bad clock management at the end. And then they, uh, you know, a missed what 58 yarder from Greg Zerline at the end and it, and it seals their fate, which is, you know, it's really too bad, but, um, I got to remind myself, as we always say that, you know, playing meaningful December football, even though it's painful and a loss is better than being what three and 11, which I think the jets were at this time last year. So I got to continue to remind myself of that, but I just went on the long rant about how I'm feeling, man. How are you doing after that brutal loss? <laughs> I do not feel great. It's funny because last week coming off that loss to Buffalo, I felt great. I was like, I feel as great as a Jets, as a fan, as I've been in a while. And it's just wild. And it's not, it has nothing to do with, like, Zach Wilson. It's just this team squandered another opportunity. And he was part of it, but he's not the only reason. I mean, you mentioned the uh, the poor clock management, which was, to me, the main reason that they definitively lost this game. Because, yeah, you could point to you could still miss a field goal. But at the same time, you had opportunities to get closer if you call that timeout or two timeouts. You also, you know, could score touchdowns. So you can win the game outright if you want, if you play, if everything works. But it just, it, it was just tough because the Jets defense, to even without their best player today, they were really good at times. I mean, there were times you get frustrated when some of that, like a DJ Chark or, <clears throat> what's it called though Amron say Brown like they're getting like these like cushy easy plays to convert for a first down but the Jets defense other than that one play which we'll get to in a little while they were able to keep the Lions out of the end zone I mean their, their first touchdown was just a brutal brutal special teams play that typically we don't necessarily see you know special team blunders with this you know uh with this unit because you know Brad Boy is a good coach and they've been good I mean the punting was abysmal. I know everyone's just like, Braden Man's got to get out of here. And he does. And it's nothing new. It's just kind of, you know, uh, suburb arrogance from Joe Douglas as he's someone he picked. So he's just like, I got to justify this pick because the 2020 class is terrible. Well, you know what? As someone who always, you know, rips or kind of like is rooting for Trevor to stake, like he's clearly better than Zach Wilson. He had an amazing comeback today against Dallas. 
and Brandon making that tackle is probably the reason we don't have him. Um, but I'm not going to play that game right now. It's not. It's not really what like we feel like we need to talk about. But it's just it's hard, and they couldn't really run the ball. They were getting bullied up front a lot of the time. I felt like it just they always were just playing. It's how it almost felt like sometimes on offense, like they the way you know the, the protection was and just the way you know some of the execution and the passing plays were. It always felt like they're playing with ten guys instead of eleven. I don't know. It just it just seems like that when Zach's out there, and I'm sure everyone's like, "Oh, you're hating on Zach." I'm like, he actually had a pretty good first half, I would say, but then that backbreaking interception, backbreaking because I'm I'm looking at that. I see him just throw like a, a lob, like literally as light of a ball. I'm like, oh, whoever is standing there because you don't really see it until the ball's move, this, the camera moves. I'm like, oh, they're probably like all alone. That's why he like lobbed it up. Nope, like right into the Detroit defender. I'm like, I I don't understand. And then he's just missing guys, even though he obviously had that really nice throw to CJ. He had a couple nice long throws, but it's like it's too inconsistent, and that's like why. We all were like, as soon as Mike White's ready to go, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be on Thursday, which I get it. Like, why would he get not be able to play today and then be able to play four days later when it's not that much time? It's just, it's just an utter, you know, disappointment all around. And it's, you know, I'm not saying Zach's the reason they lost. He did some things, but you know, he also went, still went 18 for what 35, so yep. he completed what 52 percent of his passes. It's just, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to – you don't walk away from this game feeling like Zach Wilson was the reason they lost, but you, you definitely – I don't know. I feel like we're kind of playing Russian roulette with him back there at quarterback, right? Like, it's it, it could be anything at any point. And at, at no point during the game when he's back there do you feel confident that something good is going to happen. You're always kind of on the edge, edge of your seat waiting for the other shoe to drop and waiting for the bottom to fall out. And that's kind of what it felt like. And – you know, he had a surprisingly good first half, uh, specifically second quarter. You know, they got him on the move a little bit. He hits the big play to Garrett Wilson, obviously hits the touchdown, rolling out left to uh, to CJ Uzama. Has a, <clears throat> excuse me, has a good second quarter, has a good closeout to the half where really the no call on Jeff Smith, it could have changed the course of the game there where, you know, that gets him inside the one if that's a pass interference like it should be. So maybe they go into the half up 14-10 as opposed to, you know, tie game at 10, but like to your point coming out of the second half, the bottom just falls out. And then next thing you know, he just can't come back from that interception. He throws that, whatever that was to Michael Carter, that luckily Michael Carter comes down with, but then he can't hit the layups. He's got Garrett Wilson, you know, open for a first down on third and long and he just misses him. He's got Braxton Berrios open in the flat, which would have gone for probably 25, 30 yards. He misses that layup. It just, it feels like there's no reliability there. And he probably, you know, you look at the stat line and he played, you're pleasantly surprised with how it actually, you know, how it actually ended up and the mobility and stuff that, that gets him that chance to even kick the field goal at the end of the game. So that's there, but at the same time, he simply can't hit the layups. He has the one crucial interception. You just don't walk away feeling like Zach Wilson is the guy. And I think the further down this road we go, we're starting to get that answer where it looks like, it's just not going to be him. And in all reality, the Jets seem like they're a quarterback away. And they are. Guess, it's not even a question. And, and yeah, and I guess that my feeling coming out of this is that if Mike White were healthy and playing, the Jets win this game by double digits. And I don't think that's a stretch to say. 
I want to flip to the other side and the defense because as good as the defense played and in reality holding the the Lions to 13 points and kind of playing that bend but don't break. Another game here, the absence of Quentin Williams was obviously felt. It was felt in the run game. It felt like Detroit was able to get four or five yards a clip rushing the ball each time. And it's another game where they didn't force a turnover. They didn't get a sack. And the normal pressure, you know, really because of Quinn and Williams that we've become accustomed to simply wasn't there. And they weren't really able, able to rev it up on Jared Goff and Jared Goff was able to kind of do things. And, you know, I don't want to pick apart this defense because I feel like the defense is the reason that we're even seven and seven and playing these competitive games down the stretch and in the conversation. However, we've kind of gotten to a place where, They've let us down in some big spots, specifically after getting a lead or getting a score to tie it up, where it seems like that's the point where we need them the most, and that's the point where they break. And this was just another time where that happened, where the Jets get up 17-13, and Detroit comes down, and they're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. They get to the 50, and it's fourth and inches, and they just get absolutely duped by this play and this throwback to the left side to a backup tight end that rumbles 50 yards for a touchdown. And you know, the end is written right there. And that's just, it sucks because this defense is top notch, right? They are top five, top seven, whatever you want to call it unit in the NFL. But when you're not making game changing plays, when you can't rely on your offense, it's, it's not enough. And that sucks to say, but I think right now that's the reality is that if Zach Wilson's going to be out there, this defense actually needs to do more. And it's crazy to say it when they've given up, you know, they're giving up 13 points and against, you know, New England, they really give up three. Um, It's simply just not enough when you can't make those game changing plays to flip the field and do those things to put your offense in, in in a, in a almost like a, um, a foolproof or, you know, a a fail safe uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just, it just feels like an opportunity was squandered away yet again. And we, we keep continue to talk about it at nauseum because there's so many things to point to. I mean, to me, the clock management just kills me. I mean, yeah, the Zach interception is bad, but they still had a chance despite that happening. And he did make some big boy throws. I mean, that one throw he made to Elijah that essentially set up the, the attempt to, to tie the game was amazing. I mean, obviously getting sacked is not helping, but, is at least taking advantage of the opportunities that he had. But I don't feel good about him being the quarterback long-term just because it's too inconsistent. You can't be, like, at times able to do these, like, crazy Mahomes-like throws, but then you're you're dirting balls to Berrios. When I remember there was one play where it was, like, a perfect screen you could set up. There's only one guy on the defense that's there. So if he gets, a, he gets a, like, a good position for Berrios, Berrios makes a move. Probably getting 15, 20 yards. But instead, he can't even hit him. And it's just, like... I need to. I hope that maybe he plays better on Thursday because it sounds like he's probably going to be the guy. But I still, and I can't like prove this obviously because it it doesn't matter at this point. But if Mike White's playing, I feel like they win that game by ten points. I feel like he's not missing the throws. He would have carved that team up, and it also would have opened up the run game, which sucks. At because it felt like we could not get any push in between the tackles at all. It was just brutal and. That's really been their, you know, bread and butter for most of the season. Like even, you know, when, um, you know, Mike White was playing and earlier in the season, they just were able to run the ball so effectively. And once you take that away, Zach Wilson is not able to carry this offense in a way that we hope. Mike White, obviously, you know, you've seen moments where he can carry it a little bit and lead us down, but just the execution in the red zone has been the tough part. 
it's just, it's so frustrating because this team is really good and, you know, we're seven and seven and yeah. it's a little bit nerve wracking to think, you know, we were a lot better a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, and to think of what it could be. And I, I think the other thing, and I'm not here to make excuses because it happens to every team, but the, you're seeing the injuries really take their toll. Right. I mean, Corey Davis is obviously out. That has historically been Zach Wilson's favorite, uh, you know, favorite target. Denzel Mims, who slides into Corey Davis's role, goes down in the first drive, uh, you know, first offensive possession um, after making a catch, I think, first or second, either way. Um, you see the injuries to the offensive line kind of taking their toll. I don't think Nate Herbig had his, had his best game today. Um, the injury to Quinn and Williams, who you don't want one piece on that defensive line to be the key, especially with a D-line that is that deep. But you could see how crucial he is to, to that unit. And not for nothing either. I think LaMarcus Joyner has been relatively solid throughout the course of the year, despite a rough start and despite us kind of throwing him under the bus after the first week. Um, however, he has kind of solidified himself. So missing a guy like that on the back end also, um, you know, hurts this team. So I think without making excuses, the injuries have just piled up to a point where they've been really hard to overcome. Um, you know, that's football, Knight, though. You know it, it is football, but to deal with them in the, in the amount and the volume that the jets have, I think is excessive. I don't know if teams are really dealing with this when you think about it and you list them off from top to bottom, how many crucial, uh, pieces the jets are really missing, and what they've had to do to, to go through patchwork on the offensive line, uh, you know, moving guys around, doing what they've done, you know, losing Brees Hall, losing AVT, uh, Michael Carter's dinged up, Bam Knight comes in, you know, he's been having, obviously been having a lot of success. He gets dinged up throughout the course of this game. It's just been a lot for them to uh, to deal with. And I think at this point, um, it's just proven to be a little bit too much to overcome, I think. Um, you know, we both said it. If Mike White starts this game, hey, Mike White, any other guy that's injured, you know, if he starts this game, it's a double digit win. If Quinn and Williams is part of this game, I think the Jets also win because I think that's the pressure up in the face of Jared Goff is something that they were missing tremendously today. Um, because he did have quite a bit of time. He had less in the second half, but he still had quite a bit of time to be able to pick the Jets apart and kind of get those easy completions that were moving the sticks um, and keeping the Jets defense kind of on their heels, which they did a nice job of bending but not breaking. However, it still was, uh, you know, the, the back-breaking drive and, uh, you know, less than two minutes to go was was obviously the killer in this game. Yeah, I mean, I had to, like, like I said, like it's just – it's so, it was just such a gut punch and three weeks in a row, you know, especially after Minnesota Buffalo, you were like, really felt like we had it. This one, they could just never get out of their own way this week. And it just was felt like always an uphill battle, but still you, you always kind of held out hope, especially when Garrett Wilson's doing these amazing things. And you're like, oh, this one, we could have this and we'd be in a playoff spot especially when you think about it now with that embarrassing New England play, which yeah. midstream I, I was watching and I'm like, I, I need Steven to see this because it's going to make him a lot happier to see how they <laughs> lost that game because it essentially makes the ball fumble a lot look like a bad play at all. I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> so <laughs> as we're going through some points, you need to find that video and watch it. Cause I think it'll make you feel really right. good right about right now. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I mean, when you look at the the rest of the AFC and kind of the outlook, the Jets sit right now at nine, which now Jacksonville pulling off a stunner against Dallas is sitting at six and eight and at the 10 seed, which now they're one game out of first place in the AFC South. So that makes this Thursday night game even more important for both teams. But you still know that New England has a tough stretch coming up. 
Miami, obviously we got some help from Buffalo last night. So Miami sitting at eight and six. So I don't know what the Jets can do. I think the outlook changes because I think most Jets fans would have said that these two games here, Detroit and Jacksonville, both at home were must wins and dropping this first one makes the road that much tougher, but there's no way they do this um, without winning the next three. So Jacksonville at home, that is feisty right now. Seattle on the road, which we know is a very tough place to play. And then Miami on the road to close it out, which uh, Miami's been kind of a roller coaster. I think everyone would have written them off and said that they were going to get blown out last night in Buffalo and up there in the cold, they went toe to toe with Buffalo and Josh Allen and, you know, almost pulled it out. So I mean, road to it doesn't, it doesn't matter though, because they've lost three straight, just like the jets have. And congratulations. We went toe to toe with Buffalo too, in the cold and up in there and we didn't win and no victory points. There's no, no, you're right. There's no victory points. But what I'm saying is everyone was down and out as you know, because Miami was the darlings three, four weeks ago. Right. And everyone was down and out on them. So all I'm saying is that none of these games are layups, I guess is my point. And, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the jets are a, I don't want to say a Jekyll and Hyde team, but every game they walk into is a coin flip and we're not going to know how it's going to go. There's no game I feel confident in and there's no game. I feel like the Jets are just going to go in and get blown out. So these next three weeks are certainly going to be exciting. Um, However, it's uh, as important as it's ever been, because I think the Jets to have any shred of hope need to win all three. Yeah. And Salah said as much, you know, in his post-game presser, they need to win out and, I, I mean, it, to me, it all it lines up at the same time. It's like literally, um, you know, it's playoff football from here on out. And sometimes that's the way to get these guys to play better because they know the margin for error is so slim right now. You have to play your best. You can't do those mental those mental errors that, you know, we hit saw New England too. You just got to make sure that you're playing, you know, as sound and, you know, complimentary football as possible because, the special teams in the offense were not helping the defense out. And then obviously the defense has their one gaffe of the day, giving up that 50-yard play. Uh, I think it was to what Matt Wright or Brock Wright, whatever his name is. A tight end that essentially is backfilled, uh, TJ Hawkinson, who nobody knew like three months ago, is running down the sideline. He's not even that fast. And it was just such a brutal, brutal play by CJ Mosley. And I, to me, that was where I felt like the game was not over, but I'm like, I just feel like they can't recover from this. Like no matter yeah. what they do, because that just sucked the wind out of your sails, as Steven Russo would say. <laughs> and you're like, I, I just feel like this is like a same old Jets. Um, one of the things I've actually saw on Twitter uh, after I woke up from my self-imposed XLAK napping to sleep off the pain <laughs> of this game was people are comparing this to 2009 when they lost to that Falcons team, when they literally had every opportunity to win it, could not hold it and ended up losing. And Rex thought that we were out of contention. And then they obviously won the next two weeks and everything like that. So I would say <laughs> pump the brakes with those because different situations where like, you know, we don't have Mike white. We still have Zach Wilson probably for one more game. And then I, I would imagine if Mike White's cleared for Seattle, he's going to play, um, which is everyone's hope, unless you see some miraculous, you know, turnaround by Zach Wilson next week. Uh, well, not next week, in four days from now. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's hard to say, but I, I would say just because of the uncertainty with the quarterback position, we trusted Sanchez a lot more as a rookie quarterback than we do about um, 
you know, Zach Wilson right now. So I probably would pump the brakes with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the Jets aren't playing a uh, a Colts team that's going to lie down in the second half because they have everything locked up either. I yeah. mean, this this road ahead for the Jets, I think, is is much tougher um, than that 09 season. Uh, however, it's, you know, they still can take care of business. And honestly, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. And I think they're going to be in every game. I think uh, they're not going to make it easy on us uh, by any stretch. I mean, this game was tough. It was a roller coaster. You know, you, uh, you had to take a nap after the game just to, <laughs> to, to, to try to cleanse yourself. I went up and I did some, you know, some housework. I'm doing redoing a room. So I had to just clear my head a little <laughs> bit, man. So it's just one of those things I do. You know, when you look at the offense though, uh, it really, you know, with Zach Wilson here, and I, he obviously missed some throws, but some positives to take away here. I mean, Garrett Wilson is absolutely just phenomenal. Um, the catch he made getting interfered with to to ultimately set up the C.J. Uzama touchdown, I think, was just absolutely fantastic. Like, this kid is the real deal. And when he can get consistent uh, quarterback play, I mean, you're going to see him. He's going to be a top five receiver in this league. I think I think we're seeing the trajectory go on the level of a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase or a Devontae Adams, you know, guys like that where how when have you ever been able to say that about a, a Jets wide receiver in all reality? I mean, they, they just they haven't had it ever. Never. Um, you know, you think about uh, I like the way that they got C.J. Uzama involved today, albeit two catches, but two touchdowns. But finally, they did some things for him in the passing game, which I'm, I'm happy they finally did, because I think we can all agree that based on expectations and what we saw coming out of training camp, Tyler Conklin's been kind of a disappointment. I will say today he did make one fairly contested catch, which I don't think he's done all season. Um, but Tyler Conklin, for his target share, for what expectations were, I don't think he's amounted to what we all would have anticipated or would have liked. So I like the fact that they're getting C.J. Uzama involved more in the passing game. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is I think they did some good things uh, with Elijah Moore today, and he had four for 51. He could have had more. Um, but Zach Wilson missed him, uh, missed one on that last drive that I think he was wide open on where he could have gotten the first down on third and 19 before the fourth down play. Um, they also started giving him uh, some of those Barrios looks that I think we've come accustomed to seeing, which I think is good because I don't know what's going on with Barrios, but he's not right. Dude, I don't he, get it either. He was awesome last year. He yeah. literally looks like he forgot to play football. It's it, crazy. It really, yeah, it's um, it's bad. And and honestly, so I like the I like Lafleur kind of uh, using Elijah uh, in those situations. I know he only had one one rush for three yards, but that was on a third down play where he actually got the first down, and those are. Those are uh, plays that you usually see go to uh, Braxton Barrows in those spots. So I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing there. But mm-hmm. uh, as you as you look ahead to to Jacksonville, man, they're gonna need uh, they're gonna need everything. Jacksonville's pretty hot right now. They're very similar to Detroit. They're playing well. Uh, kind of rough defense, but uh, good offense. Trevor Lawrence. It, Trevor Lawrence. It feels like it's clicking right now for him. So the Jets are gonna have their work cut out for him. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I'm hoping we can get Quentin back for this game. I think. Obviously, he was, you know, 50-50 all the way up until pregame warm-ups, and that's when they made the determination that he wouldn't be playing. And I know I said this last week on the show, and I I, I think they probably believed it as well, is that they didn't want to risk putting him on the field twice in four days on a bum path. So they're like, give him the extra four days to get it right, or right enough, for lack of a better phrase. So that way he could go in a huge spot. I mean, 
they don't want to be in a place where they got to win every single game the rest of the way, but that's where they are right now because they don't have any, any room for errors. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that he can play. And I think that he's going to do everything he in his power to play. Um, I do think it's going to help, you know, the interior a lot because we weren't seeing, you know, the sacks that we've been accustomed to. They were getting to golf, which was nice. Um, but I felt that without his, uh, without his presence, it's just not the same. And you, and you saw that in the second half against Buffalo, even though they, they hung tough for most of that game, but they need him back in a big way. And I, I think that yeah. they're probably going to plan on playing him because then after that, he basically gets a mini buy and hopefully he can really get to a hundred percent at that point. Cause he is considered day to day at this point. Yeah. I mean, who knows, you know, maybe we didn't find out till Friday that Mike White wasn't playing. I mean, maybe this recovery, maybe he'll, he will get cleared and can play on Thursday night. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't bet on it, but to the Quinn and Williams point, I mean, yeah, they started getting after the defensive line started getting after Jared Goff a little bit more in the second half, but I feel like we didn't even hit him. Like, I feel like he never like fell. He didn't no. fall on the ground. Like they really didn't get after him. And I, they forced, I think, they, well, they forced him out of the pocket a bunch and then made yeah. him, you know, essentially have either a bad throw or he had to throw it away. So they, they did do that, but they weren't hitting him. I agree. They did. And, and that's, it's, it's just, we, we went into this game saying that the Jets needed to start fast. And they need to get after Jared Goff and force him into a mistake or two. And they didn't do either of those things. You give up a punt return on the second possession because, you know, they have a, a great uh, goal line stand. Zach Wilson does nothing coming out. They actually, I think, lose a yard. And then they, you know, Braden Mann punts it to Khalif Raymond, who returns at 46 yards. The Jets are in a 7 nothing hole where, okay, the fast start is out the window. But getting after Jared Goff, and again, they just, they didn't force anything. They didn't, they didn't have really any, like, you know, one maybe uh, pickable ball, I'll call it. Uh, and Michael Carter kind of goes after the receiver as opposed to going for the ball. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. This this team had they, they've had one CJ Mosley interception in the last what four games. That's all. Yeah, I kept saying mm-hmm. to my dad as we're watching this game, I'm like, they just you know force a damn turnover, they, and they if can't they do They're, that. It like, makes a difference to me. Exactly. And that's just, that's been the difference. And I think when you, you know, when you think back on it, that little four game winning streak they had, they were forcing turnovers. They were getting picks. They were, you know, they're never flying on fumbles, but they were making <laughs> kind of game changing plays where right now they're simply not doing it. They're doing a, a good job of, of that bend, but don't break, but they got to start getting some field flipping plays and put this offense in, uh, you know, in really a, a, a no lose uh, situation and get them in really, really good spots. That's going to be, really the only way that uh, they can withstand these next three games and have a fighting chance. Yep. Oh, sorry. Mike messed up. No, you're uh, good. <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. Um, I think, you know, because it's such a short, you know, a short turnaround to the next game, I think it allows us to move off this loss quickly. And I think it's mm-hmm. a good advantage for the Jets. I think, you know, having a, a young team like Jacksonville, having to travel on a short week to come to, you know, my life stadium where the Jets did beat them last year um, is a good thing. I think even if Zach's plays, he's going to have the ability to, you know, you know, put up some yards and hopefully run a little bit more. I do, I do say, I mean, I, I will say that I am very impressed with LaFleur's play calling. I know Mm -hmm. obviously there's been a lot of criticism, especially in the red zone lately, but I think he really had some nice calls given the fact he was starting a quarterback who hadn't played in a month. Like, that one play where I think it was like a fourth or it was like a third and one when they did essentially like a read option and Zach took it himself. I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I want to see. I remember it was like a a third and one and they end up moving Conklin and he essentially did like a sneak, a tight end sneak from uh, what's it called from about under center, which was great. 
Um, I think you mentioned this earlier, but the stuff with um, Elijah Moore on the end around versus having uh, Barrios, which I think is so much better. And I think you're seeing a concerted effort to get Elijah, you know, a lot more involved in the offense. And I, I think that if they continue to do such things, this team's going to be in a much better spot than they've, you know, they've been with Zach Wilson in the past. So um, I overall just like to put a bow on this game. It's just like, you got to win. And everyone's going to be like, you know, this team didn't help us. That team didn't help us. Well, if you don't take care of your own business, it doesn't matter. And you got help from the Raiders. Thankfully you didn't get help from the Titans, but at the end of the day, win the next three, hope that New England loses one game and you essentially lock yourself into a playoff spot. So that that's, that's all I can really say before we preview this Jacksonville game. Yeah, I agree. And you got to take care of your own business. And and honestly, I mean, all, uh, you know, it's a loss, but it's a loss to an NFC team. The Patriots still lose. Dolphins still lose. So if the Jets win out, then they should be in. So let's just, you know, I don't think that the Chargers were ever really a concern to us based on their road um, uh, to to get to 10 and seven, uh, really, you know, maybe even, I think they're, uh, what they only have six losses, three and six right now. So they're probably getting to at least 10 and seven, probably 11 and six. So they were never really within striking distance, but, um, you know, you really just got to take care of your own business and you know, you already said it best, but we can go ahead and we can preview this Jacksonville game. I think there's so many uncertainties, uh, really it's hard, it's hard to preview for this. us. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be difficult, but this is obviously a must win for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are the better team. I mean, Jacksonville's been playing better as of late, but talent-wise, Jets are better. I mean, Jacksonville has a better quarterback, which I have to admit, even though I've been a Trevor Lawrence hater, mainly because I was salty we didn't get him, and I fully will admit that. And, you know, you could you can make fun of me for saying that all you want, but it's true. Um, but, you know, he is very talented, and I think, um, you know, the short week is definitely – you know, a benefit to the Jets, it's always a benefit to the home team. And you see that really on all Thursday night games. Um, defensively, they're not anything to write home about. I mean, they have some guys like Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the edge rusher. Um, they have a couple other guys. I can't really name them off the top of my head. I, I mean, Trevon Walker really hasn't been this, you know, number one it's overall been pick. The guy. quietest number one overall pick, I think. Yeah. In a long time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, you know, if you can contain the run game with Travis Etienne, you can try to keep those receivers in check. Um, you know, I think this is a very winnable game. And it also just allows the Jets to really rest up for a key two-game stretch that essentially is just, you know, survive in advance at that point, going cross-country to Seattle, which I think having that mini buy and then going cross-country makes it a lot easier for you because – um it's always really hard when you're doing that travel, I think on like a Friday or Saturday before the game, mm-hmm. but when you have that extra rest and you can, you know, prepare a little bit longer, I think it's going to be helpful. But um, at the end of the day, I think offensively, the Jets can move the ball. They just got to continue the strong defense. They can't have those back breaking, back breaking drives that they've had the last few weeks where, you know, they're flawless for most of the game. And then after they have a big um, opportunity on offense, then then they, they essentially hand the game away to the other team. So if you can hone down and keep that consistency and also put up, you know, more than 17 points, what they've really been doing for the last three weeks, I think they have a good shot. And, you know, before we do our picks, I'm, I'm feeling really optimistic about this game, believe it or not. 
Really? No kidding. That, yeah. uh, that actually surprised me. But yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think I agree with with really everything you said. I Honestly, like the, the Jets, as we say, the Jets are, you know, they're in control of their own destiny. I mean, same thing. They're going to be the ones that dictate this game because I feel like they're, you know, they didn't lose or the Lions didn't beat them today. I think the Jets beat themselves. And I think the game was there for the taking and the Jets missed an opportunity. And I really feel like if the Jets come out and do the things that we've seen, them do and have success with, and they can win this game. Um, it's just a matter of seizing that opportunity. So there's a lot of unknowns here, whether Quinn and Williams is healthy, whether Corey Davis comes back, whether Mike White can come back, uh, even Denzel Mims, uh, just from a depth and a, and a receiver standpoint, whether he's healthy or not, LaMarcus Joyner, same thing, who you know hasn't missed a snap all season but misses this game. There's just a, there's a lot of unknowns, but I do feel like it's if the Jets can – tackle some of those things some of those uh you know the the little ailments that have been bothering them that have been um derailing uh their plans I think that's the key here so if they it's really the same thing for me as the Detroit game if they can start fast if they cannot get themselves in a hole if they can force Trevor Lawrence get you know get up in his face get some pressure on him force him into a mistake or two flip the field get back to turning the ball over. Those are going to be the keys here. But if we see a replay of today and it's a close game and that, you know, we got to make a stop or, or score late, it's going to be ugly. And I'm not going to see, I'm not thinking it's going to end favorably. So I like that you're optimistic. Usually I'm the, I'm the forever uh, eternal optimist here. Um, I don't feel as good about this game because it, it just feels like a replay of Detroit here where a team that is hitting their stride right now is catching the jets who are not in a free fall, but are coming back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot you could be. There's a lot could be said here. I mean, this 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 very same Detroit team that we just played essentially ran Jacksonville off the field a couple of weeks ago. It's not like they're this world True. leader. So, I think as long as you could score some points, you protect the football. Which for the most part, the Jets did today, other than Zach's backbreaking lob interception, which still wondering what's going through his mind as he's making that throw. Um, I think that they can force some turnovers, and they're so long overdue. Um, just to get these turnovers because they haven't forced them since what I guess the, uh, the bears game, right? They, yep. uh, yeah, they haven't. So yep. I think, you know, that's just, that's what I think. And for some reason I have this intuition. I think it's gonna be like 21, 14 jets, like more of a low scoring game because it's a short week, but yeah, I, I totally, I just have this confidence. I don't know why, even after a tough loss, I just think this team knows how important these, this three game stretch is. And They've already lost three straight. I don't. I don't expect them to lose another three. Like another three straight. I think that they're going to really turn the uh, turn the ship around. All right, I like it. I uh, I don't feel as confident as you do, but uh, and you, you think about the turnovers. Like the Jets haven't had really a meaningful turnover since that Buffalo game uh, before the bye, where you know they picked off Josh Allen twice and they they really they they forced a fumble late in the game and knocked him back. But you know that Bryce off sack. Um, but that's kind of alarming, you know, when you think about it, that's been, uh, obviously been a few games, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of went through the, the keys to this game. Um, I really, uh, I, I don't feel as confident, uh, going into this. Um, maybe I'm trying a little reverse psychology in my typical fashion, but I, uh, I really, I see the Jets kind of drop in another one here, especially if Zach Wilson's at the helm. So I think it's going to be close, but I think the Jets fall 24, 20 on Thursday night. You were the one in our Badlands preview guide saying that. The Jets are going to win 10 games. And I said nine and eight. 
Oh, I, I said nine and eight. I, I said 10. nine and eight, and I said they uh, unfortunately, though I said they'll fall in Miami um, and come up short of the playoffs. But it just <laughs> you know things change, man. They still may get to nine and eight, but uh, I don't know. Should I flip my pick and should I say the Jets are going to win just to stay true to it? But things change, man. You got it. You got to adjust with uh, with how things are going. I I obviously think this is a coin flip. I think they could pull it out, and it wouldn't surprise me if they come out and they. They win by double digits, just have that kind of redemption game, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they drop a close one, which I think ultimately is going to happen. But that's also part of me kind of playing some uh, some mental gymnastics here with the Jets. Yeah, the, the funniest thing for me is, oh. like, I, I picked them to go 7-10, and, and if they lost out, they would go 7-10. and 10. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to lose out. I really don't. And I, I think that, the, like I said, it's going to start this week. I think this is your last home game of the year. Super important to show those loyal fans, you know, that they have a really good team on the field and it's they're not, they don't have, you know, the Eagles coming in. They don't have the bills coming in. They yeah. don't have, you know, one of those teams, even though they should have beat the bills again and they should have beat the Vikings, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I think I, I just, I don't know. I, I believe in Salah. I, I know he, he in his mind knows he messed up with the clock management. I don't think he's gonna let that happen again. I think he's going to be smarter about stuff like that. Um, and I'm just hoping that some of the guys like Corey Davis can come back. I think he should be he should be able to get cleared. I think by Thursday. I mean, he essentially has been out for a week and a half at that point. Uh, hopefully, Quinton's back. I don't. I'm not expecting Mike White. I don't think he, uh, we mentioned this at the top, but Ian Rappaport did report this morning that um, it's looking like he's probably going to be out this week as well. Mm-hmm. And it, hopefully, he'd be back for the Seattle game. But nothing's been confirmed because they essentially asked Sal after the game. Um, is Mike going to be the starter on Thursday? And he's like, we haven't made any dis- like decisions yet, even though that report did come out. So yeah, anything's possible. It'd be awesome. I think if Mike White comes back, it like completely rejuvenates this team. But I like, listen, Zach showed that he's able to make some big plays. They have like four really long deep plays, but he's just got to hit the easy stuff. If he can that's do it. that there, he's going to be totally fine, but he's not that's, doing that consistently enough. And that's, that's the problem. The diff- that's the difference in this game right here. And that's, that's just what it's come down to is that if he hits, you know, any of those layups uh, that were right there, I think this game is totally different. Um, and that's, that's why you feel like the, the Jets would win with Mike White at the helm by double digits is because, is because Mike White hits those. Mike White has the accuracy. He hits that. He hits Garrett Wilson's trying on third and 12 when he's wide open. He hits the layup to Braxton Berrios that allows him to go for 25, 30 yards. Those are the things that we're missing right now and why Zach Wilson, the inconsistency there, you just don't feel confident and you feel like you're just waiting for the bottom to fall out <laughs> and why we're starting to starting to, but we are feeling like the answer is we're, we're really leaning towards no here um, and a complete reshuffling at the quarterback position, uh, which really doesn't have Zach Wilson at the picture come, uh, come 2023. But the good thing is that when you look at this season in total, I think none of us would have expected to be seven and seven at this point. Um, and right in the thick of it, I, I really, I, I, you know, even as, as I predicted nine and eight, obviously I got to be, um, you know, sitting right here, but it, it, the season has still been a pleasant surprise. And when you look back at it, like these last, you know, the, the, the five games that they've lost, all within one score, all chances at the end. You really write in everyone, which you can't say for last year. I mean, last year that this team was four and thirteen. They had a boatload of double-digit losses. They had games that just seemed uncompetitive. When you go back to the Adam Gase years, obviously that's exactly how it was. It looked like they didn't belong on the same field as thirty-one of these other NFL teams. So um, when you 
really take this kind of high arching, you know, this, this 10,000 foot view. Um, you're happy with the way that this team competes. You just, uh, you want to see them obviously um, pull out a few more wins uh, in these close games than uh, they're coming up on the, uh, on the short end of the stick. For sure. So I, you know, I want to close with a positive vibe. So DJ Reed just tweeted this came on the timeline, tough loss, but I'm riding with my brothers till the wheels fall off. And I think this, uh, this locker room is up as upbeat as they come. And I think, like I said, they're going to, I think they're going to win on Thursday and then it's going to start, you know, this team really going into crunch time and locking in for, you know, the final, final stretch here. So I feel good about it. And I think that you're going to flip your, flip your opinion as we get closer to Thursday. All right. Well, <laughs> I reserve the right to, uh, to make another pick as we get closer and to get more information since we're, we're picking this game as I'm depressed following a, a brutal loss on Sunday. We still got four, four days to go. A hundred percent. And I, you know, I think the good thing is, is that we're both not picking them to win. I sometimes almost like that as a way to not jinx us. So we'll see. Um, and everyone, you know, thank you so much for you know tuning in, whether you watch, listen, you know, follow us on Twitter. It's, it's amazing support. Uh, as the season, you know, widens down, you know, we'll be doing less content during the off season, especially like in January and February, assuming the Jets are, are you know, depending on when their season ends. <laughs> But uh, it's been awesome. This feed's been great. It's been growing every single week, and we can't thank everybody enough. Uh, so make sure if you're not subscribed, subscribe at our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Toronto Jets TV, Apple or Spotify. Just search Turn on the Jets Live. You'll see our logo. Just either hit follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And, um, you know, like we always mention about our other shows, you have uh, the Turn on the Jets feed, which is Will Show, and then Draft Season, which comes out, which comes out on Fridays with the guys. And then as we always wrap the show, make sure if you have not to become a Badlands Patreon, it is best premium content uh, any Jets fan could ever ask for, even though it's a small fee of $5 a month. I know that their um, recap of this game just went live as we, we were you know, recording here. So you definitely want to check that out. Connor and Joe always keep it real. And if you have not, uh, there is a watch party. So you can definitely sign up. I think it's an Eventbrite link. You can follow. You can find out more information on Joe Caparoso's Twitter. Um, Willie McBride's Hoboken it should be a good time. Unfortunately, I will be out west. Won't be able to attend, but I definitely would have been there if I was if I was here. Um, but it should be a great time. You'll see a bunch of TOJ and Badlands people, and hopefully celebrating a win with Zach Wilson taking down Almighty Trevor. <laughs> so, um, like I said, we appreciate everybody's support, and we will talk to you guys next week.